Welcome to Hope in the Heartland, a podcast from Zeal Coaching, where we talk to you, our neighbors, about ways to take your life from ordinary to extraordinary. We'll also take some time along the way to celebrate people who are living those dream lives right here in the Midwest. So join us as we help you ignite your life with passion, purpose, love, and success to ignite your life with zeal. Welcome. This is Christy Shell from Zeal Coaching uh, here at Hope in the Heartland. You are on our second episode, and we're super excited today. I am here with Katie Sadie Smith. Say hello, Katie. Hey, everybody. She is going to be helping us out in all ways here on the podcast today. Today's our, our second podcast, but our first interview with my dear friend, Kathy Hall. She's the owner of Topsy Turvy Toys. We're going to hear a lot more about her story, but the lessons in her story are really twofold. First, about seeing a need and then making it a reality. We're going to hear about how she came to decide to open um, a toy store in small town, USA, Ohio, and um, how much work and how um, rewarding it is to actually like live it every day now. So we're super excited about that. I think there's parts of that where you're going to hear the courage that it takes and then just being open to being uncomfortable and learning the lessons as they actually happen and how you, you really have to embrace all of that so that you can move forward as an entrepreneur. So it's interesting for me because that is one of the things I feel like is a huge theme in my life, taking a dream to reality. And I think for me, um, in just a couple of ways, definitely this coaching business is taking this idea right, right. In, uh, in little Ohio and thinking, oh yeah, you can do that here. But also um, I wrote a book last year, which was like the last thing that I thought I would ever do in my life and really got determined and made it happen. So that's been my one of my most recent dream to reality stories. So it's well, I mean, not even just recent, like it's, it's been a year, like it's got, it's got its wow. birthday and it's been a year that and an ordinary girl's guide to extraordinary has been out there. I can't, I can't believe it. Like, it's funny because you get these Facebook memories and they're all coming up of us dancing like fools at this party. <laughs> right. And it was really the only second time I met you. So it was really a fun, it was a fun. Yeah. You know, reading that book got me to get to know you better. And um, it definitely has that, that backbone of, seeing a need, seeing something inside you that you want to share with other people. And so if you haven't read Christie's book, definitely go out and look for it. You can um, go to our website. You can stop by the office to get a physical copy or go on Amazon to get a Kindle version, or you can order a copy off Amazon for an ordinary girl's guide to extraordinary so that you too can get to read all of Christie's amazing insights from that book. <laughs> Thanks for the shameless plug there, Katie. Hey, that's what I'm here for. That's your thank you. So <laughs> thanks for doing your job so well. So I appreciate that. We're on to success of the week. So just in late January or early February, we did an intention workshop, um, which was amazing about setting your intentions for the year. So take, kind of taking a deep dive into what you wanted to happen this year. And what was so phenomenal and the true success is one of my long ago clients who has such a, a complex and complicated background came to the workshop after seeing her for a while. She kind of wanted to visit and get realigned to where she wanted to go. 
And what was so incredible is to see how she was doing. And what she really started to do was she was able to mentor another client who was kind of where she was when I was coaching her. So kind of in this most loving way for her to powerfully see how she could um, help this person and be empowered. It's like a proud mama moment because she, while she's teaching, I'm thinking she has so taken the lessons and the thoughts of life coaching into her life that she has really learned them enough to teach others and I was just completely impressed by her presence and her voice and also um, her giving heart that she showed that day it's amazing Next up is our Zeal Living Tip of the Week, where Christy will give you something from life coaching that you can apply right now. So what do you want to talk about this week, Christy? This week is all about purpose or finding your purpose. I think it's interesting people want to make this a huge deal, and it is so core, but the question really is, is what are you really meant to do? And the signs of that, though, are what are you already doing I think what's interesting is we think it's going to be something out of the box that like all of a sudden I'm going to get this revelation. But 99.9% of the time, you're already doing this. So what are you thinking about? What are you focusing on? But I love this question. What problems are you naturally already solving? Whether you're thinking about them, you're daydreaming about them, you're calculating them in your head, but what are you doing on a regular basis? What do people come to you for when they, you know, do they want to have a good time? Do they want to you to fix their car? Do you, they want you to help them manage their kids or their checkbook or whatever? But what do people come to you for? These are big indicators because you're already doing it. So really kind of taking stock and asking people like what what do you come? What do you think I'm valuable for? They will often tell you, and you'll get a really big sign of that purpose. Right, and I think we we like to make purpose out to be this huge thing, like oh, my purpose is to end world hunger right. or bring world peace. And I mean, sure, maybe that is your purpose if that's what people are coming to you for. But our purpose can be as simple as you know, I'm the one that people come to when you know they're having trouble relaxing. from their job and they're stressed out or I'm the one that people come to when they want to know where's the best place to take somebody out for dinner or um, to go on a vacation for and that kind of purpose you do it often because you tend to like it it's something that you're you're naturally good at and people can see that in you and we try to make this purpose idea something daunting and overwhelming when it doesn't have to be amen sister we believe that we believe that big time I think God's already having you do those things and you just have to take a moment and look at yourself. So that's our Zill Living Tip of the Week. Now we're on to the interview. I'm so excited to have our first guest here for uh, Hope in the Heartland for our podcast. I want to welcome Kathy Hall, who is the owner of Topsy Turvy Toys with both locations in New Bremen and Tip City, Ohio, right? Right. Okay. Absolutely. And um, she is also one of my dear friends, but she is one of the best examples we could think of off of the top of our heads of this idea of how you can create something that wasn't here and really become um, something that people need and want and become a light in the community for both communities actually I think now and 
um, just to hear more about her story and to hear more about maybe to inspire us or to think about how her work is bigger than just owning a toy store. So, Sounds so welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. So, Kathy, tell us just a little bit about your store and what you guys do there. Just give us kind of an overview. Okay. So, Topsy Turvy Toys is a specialty toy store. And I take that word specialty pretty serious because everything in and about it is special. It's unique. You're not going to find it any place other than a Topsy Turvy Toys. And what we try and provide are opportunities for play. Nice. Good. Yeah. So Love for it. all ages, right? For all ages. Nice. So, and it's f- so fun because people come into a toy store to buy a toy usually or to just look and shop. But when you can engage them and actually allow them to play, let people allow themselves to play, right. to me, that's what Topsy Turvy is. We've got great toys to sell and picking those out and researching them and um, all of that is a challenge and exciting, but engaging people in play is what we do best. Nice. I always yeah. think of it as uh, a mommy bar. Like yes. well, every time I come in, <laughs> there's like moms hanging around just chatting while yes. kids are like engaging with the toys and deciding what they love best. and. Lots of grandmothers and aunts and uncles coming in to buy toys. Absolutely. Birthday parties or whatever. Absolutely. It's also um, a hard place to get any work done. For example, (laughs) today our wonderful mail carrier Frankie came in and he was just going to give me his mail. And he stopped and he played on the way out. And I was like, I gotcha, Frankie. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) So not only because we're going to talk a lot about your business and Mm -hmm. that part, but also for other people to really know kind of your family and what what you're about and can you just give us a little bit of background about your yourself your family yeah how'd you get to where you are that was a long journey that would take a (laughs) long long time um when I started my journey as I guess close to an adult um I wanted to make big time change I was one of those people that wanted to make big change and how do you do that you're a doctor Mm. in 1987 that's how I was going to make change I was going to go to medical school. I thought I was ridiculously smart at that time. You know, over I was extremely confident, and I just was like, okay, this is how I'm going to change the world. Don't know how, but I'm going to go to medical school. Then I went to college and realized that you had to um, get up early <laughs> to take <laughs> science and math classes. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, so, let your schedule yeah. dictate. Yes. No, right. Yes, right. Yeah. So, but I had had an experience with the hearing and speech science department like a freshman class that kind of stuck with me Mm. and so I decided to go that route still had to get up in the morning but I was much more motivated so I went the route that I can help and make a change Mm -hmm. in this world of hearing impaired you know so that was kind of I didn't know that yeah so I always just wanted to do something to change something I know (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what it was but I wanted to do it yeah And then life happened, which was exciting. Met my husband, got married, graduated from college. Reality happened when I was applying to graduate schools. And um, Wright State University in Dayton um, offered me a really good scholarship. So I changed my major and went there and said, well, I can make change doing this. (laughs) Nice. What was your master's going to be? My master's is in educational leadership. Oh, okay. So, and that's when I um, earned my uh, degree in special education. So kind of still follow that same path of something obvious that I thought could be done and wanting to do it. Great. You know, it wasn't like a something unique. It was just right there and I could do it. Was there always this quality of children or was that, I mean, even when you were thinking about being a 
doctor position were you thinking about pediatrics yes, definitely. okay so there was that that definitely. you kind of knew some of those little nuggets were involved yeah. in that okay yeah. good absolutely good. good absolutely so kind of finding that form but staying true to that purpose mm-hmm. is such a true thing nice right. good. but then I realized once I started teaching that my purpose wasn't necessarily to make change it was to teach other people mm. to do those things and so so teaching teachers teaching that... teachers and teaching kids oh, okay um, okay and then eventually um when we more moved up from the Dayton area to Oglis County um I taught adults that's my favorite job still and I did that for nine years and I worked with adults who for one reason or another didn't finish their high school education or were struggling moving on towards higher education and so what's interesting, just because I know this mm-hmm. about you a little bit, is like, so when you moved to this little small town from kind of being from a bigger city, but right. all Ohio, right? right? So tell me a little bit about that experience of like tr- that transition into a smaller community. Right. So I grew up in Columbus. Um, we were called Outer Belt Kids. So we were not in an area of Columbus at that point. We were just within the Outer Belt. So we went into inner city Columbus for schools and then came back home at night and yeah. ate dinner with our parents, went to music lessons and went back to school the next day. It was very routine. And then when I moved from, as an adult, from the Dayton area up to a rural community, mm-hmm. um, not even a city, a village <laughs> of about 4,000, it was so that I could be the mom that I wanted to be. It was after our nice. second child and I wanted to stay home home um and be with them and raise them and have that opportunity so it was a fiscal decision you know a financial decision sure yeah but when I got there I panicked and (laughs) I I recall I panicked when I first got there too but yeah Yeah. but yeah and what I discovered and what I tell people even now that live there because we've lived there for 21 years and we can plan on living there until our fourth child graduates at least yeah and maybe forever. What I tell people now that have ideas or dreams of doing things is that if it's not in existence, or if, even if it is in existence and it's different than you want to do it, do it. Yeah. What's holding you back? You yeah. know. So, so if I wanted something for my children at that point, I had to do it myself. So yeah. the first thing I did was go to the YMCA and say, you know, um, we need a mommy and me class or an adult and me class, a caregiver. And they're like, well, we, that's not in the budget. I said, well, I'll teach it for free as long mm-hmm. as, you know, my kids can go. Yeah. And um, so we did it. I, I, so. think, I think it's really, I think that message is so important because I've had similar experiences where you think you can't start something mm-hmm. like other people do that. I think sometimes people don't feel that initiative or they think, well, they wouldn't listen to me or something right. like that. And so I think, you know, just, you know, you have this natural inner confidence, but I don't know that everyone has that. But I think that just giving yourself permission to ask for what you need and those kind of things are so important, especially for your own kids when you're advocating or Absolutely. wanting something, you know. Even though it's like, it's scary. I went to someone who I saw was already successful mm-hmm. and I just said, talk to me um and that was another retail store owner in the area where I live and um you know she had been around for about 15 years and um it was it took a lot of courage to dial the phone and call her but once I did and I just you know had a conversation 
it yeah. really relieved a lot of the fear. Yeah, I think that's funny. So. It's like when you, if you think you have this inkling for a dream or a thought or something, mm-hmm. and then you don't share that note, you, it just you just hold it, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and when you start talking to other like-minded people or people are where you would like to be, that pulls you forward and gives you some courage and you know inspiration, but also advice. I'm sure like solid advice and things like that, right, to get you Absolutely. moving. So, so now that's something that I love to do for people is just whether it's a reality check of, you know, not bursting somebody's bubble, of course, but, you know, helping them figure out the nitty gritty. I like that challenge. I actually came to you once about something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. Which was a reality check and we didn't do it. So it's just a good, (laughs) it was really good. We've done a lot of other things. (laughs) Yes, we have. (laughs) At what point did you decide to like open the store? Like where were you at in that family process or? In the family process. Or what um, was that igniter to that? I think, again, the igniter to that was that we didn't have it where we were. And um, I found myself, along with a friend, traveling for an experience. And so we would travel over an hour mm-hmm. um, to have an experience. And it seemed crazy, one, to and more and more difficult. You know, with right. one or two children, it was easier. But then after our fourth daughter, it was really hard with everybody's schedule to like get anywhere at any particular time. And I felt like that last child was kind of being gypped because mm. she wasn't having all these great experiences that I could give to the other ones. Right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So we always made the effort being kind of secluded in a rural community to get out and about and expose our kids to lots and lots of things. Yeah. But it seemed kind of silly that something is simple as a toy store and interactive activities for children wasn't available right where we are that we had to travel for it the only reason topsy-turvy toys sells toys Mm -hmm. is so that we can play and interact with people it's the business part of it Mm -hmm. and it's the retail part of it it's the capitalist part of it um sure and that allows the team at topsy-turvy to interact with kids and adults and everyone in between yeah um it's like the conduit to do what i think is important yeah which is what to play and learn and um just interact with other people good Good. yeah so i think it's i think it's interesting because when people think about opening a business I, i don't know or when they see a business open i don't think they always think about all the things behind it so yes you are trying to you know make Money, a living a living yeah and exactly right and mm-hmm. and you also are have a purpose and a deeper meaning and a passion for this mm-hmm. and then you're also trying to pay other people and make right? sure that you have stock for people like mm-hmm. there's so many parts it seems like and as you said for you it's all a conduit about why and right. really kind of being dug so in. today i had actually my next door neighbor from home from the same small town stopped by and because she was in town for lunch and it's the first time she'd been in the tip city store which has been open since june 1st and it's a 45 minute drive so you know she was in town and swung in and she asked me a question that it just really solidified everything for me and thankfully it happened today and she (laughs) said so are you already an online um force are you already selling Mm -hmm. online are you taking orders and fulfilling and doing all that you know all of those things 
And she goes, I figured you were since, you know, you seem to have success in your Mm -hmm. brick and mortar stores. And I said, nope, because that goes against everything that we promote. So Say more. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because to me, if you come into Topsy Turvy Toys, you're going to experience a toy. You're going to feel it. You're going to touch it. You're going to maybe keep it to yourself um, or you might share it. But you don't, you're not looking through a grocery list of its qualities mm-hmm. like you are when you're shopping online. So you're like naturally attracted to it, right? And Absolutely. then you're ex- literally experiencing like hands-on experiencing it, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So if you pick up two puzzles and one puzzle is orderly and it has straight lines with in and out pieces, or you pick up another puzzle and you start to do it and it's chaos, mm-hmm. you know, which one are you drawn to? Yeah. Um, so those are those things that I think are different and can't be conveyed online and learning is just can happen yes I mean it can just happen naturally but then you can use a particular toy to develop a skill that maybe any person needs help with whether it's focus or fine motor skills or sequencing you can use toys as the the catalyst yeah yeah for that learning yeah and it you know you just it's another way to keep trying yeah Nice. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, we're big on play around here too, Mm -hmm. just as a catalyst for change or growth. Mm -hmm. And so it's really interesting that you work on play and you, and I know we both believe that play allows learning. And, and for me, it's always about when you have a more playful mind, you're more open, right? You're more open to experimenting. Mm -hmm. You feel more confident. You feel more creative. Mm -hmm. So how does that work with the little ones that you work with? Like the, how does that play to learning translate? With the little ones I work with, they're my favorite people because (laughs) they are honest. Um, You talk about terrible twos um, and we call them terrific threes, Um, but they are honest. They're incapable, I believe, of duping anyone mm. they are authentic at that moment in time nice um <laughs> good or bad but good nice. or bad. <laughs> so if you're playing with blocks and somebody a three or four year old builds a wall around themselves he wants to be alone he yeah. does not want to interact with you and so yeah you let him be in his wall until he's, you know. <laughs> until he's feeling good yeah yeah right but then there's another um three-year-old who really wants to knock down that wall like literally with yeah a brick, right you know yeah <laughs> and that's what that one needs so you find a way um that that three-year-old or five-year-old or 40-year-old um <laughs> yes can knock down a wall and get some satisfaction out of it right and especially when you're having adults like parents in in the toy store I know sometimes they get into playing I'm sure Uh and then sometimes they're so kind of in their roles like don't touch that you know right and you're like no no touch I've seen you do that you're like no but I always back it up with listen to your grown-up yes because they have to live with them (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yeah you don't want to create a yeah create a monster (laughs) right right right. yeah but to the core when people say what do we do especially in our classes um we do a toddler time class mm-hmm. and a creative there's just two and three year olds and then a creative kids class which is four and five year olds and then currently we're doing a music class and a science class nice. but our two goals are to leave class being kind and knowing how to take turns nice because yeah. i feel like those are if you've got those life skills whether yeah. you're whatever your personality is you'll You'll be all right. So we don't yeah. really have any goals. We just play, play. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of, yeah. what, give us an idea of just one project. 
Okay, think anything to do with bubble wrap. Um, (laughs) For everyone. Right? I know. Bubble wrap is like the ultimate toy, and we do not sell it at Top Security Toys, but we do provide it when you need it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. So, I mean, you can use bubble wrap to paint with texture. You Mm. can use bubble wrap to do finger isolation by popping with one digit. Um, or finger strength with two. You can do all different sounds. Well, I think what, I mean, I hope the listeners are gaining mm-hmm. is that obviously Topsy Turvy is not just a toy store, right? Mm-hmm. It is very right. much about, well, we have these highly educated people that work there that understand kids and what their needs are and developmentally and educationally. Right. So, I mean, I think that's not necessarily a given when you're stopping off at one of the larger... Big box larger, stores yeah. that might know like which Barbie or whatever is the newest release, Yes, but not know, you know why you would want that toy so Kathy what in your insane mind had you um (laughs) thinking that you should have a second store well I obviously wanted to just topsy-turvy more um I wanted to spread it to the world and see how many we could people we could get playing and um my first try at buying a second store I had second thoughts because of distance. It was in the Dayton area. Mm, And so in turn, I helped the owner of that particular toy store go out of business. And that was an incredible learning experience. That was in 2017. So when 2018 came around and I finished up my, all my fiscal responsibilities and all of those things, started (laughs) to plan my year, I stood inside my toy store on a Sunday night and I said, huh. I think I've almost got this figured out after 11 years. I'm going to ride this wave and just have fun this year. And I think you called me and told me that. I did. <laughs> yeah. I did. I called my friend, Christy Shell, who has really good ideas. And I had been telling her, no, I will not go to another workshop because I don't need any more ideas. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she cut me off. I had enough ideas. <laughs> And But I just felt like that's where it was. And so then um, three days later, I was going down because I was acting as an informal mentor to the person who bought the toy store that I helped my friend sell. And I was driving um, north on 75 from Dayton to Auglaize County. And I get a phone call from Christy Shell, and she had an idea. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't matter if you come to workshops or not. Evidently, you just get them. <laughs> Katie's nodding her head vigorously. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which just shows that either Christy at Zeal Coaching or the universe will find a way. Yes. Because I got off the phone with her and I got off on the exit at Tip City and called the person who had owned the location where I am now mm-hmm. and said, hey, can I come talk to you for a few minutes? Because there was another toy store there before. Yeah, there yeah. was a toy store there yeah. before me. Yeah. Yeah. And so... <laughs> so did you want to cuss me out? Is that oh, I did. Yes. I did. <laughs> Just offline a minute ago, she was calling me names. So. Yes. I'm, I'm well-behaved in public. So... Um, <laughs> You don't have to be. (laughs) So I haven't asked, um, you know, for a lot from my friend Christy Shell and mentor, but um, I'm holding that out because I can blame her. Tell me a little bit more about who mentors you or who supports you in kind of your process like these days or maybe even as you were coming up. You mentioned the one other store owner, Mm -hmm. but like now, do you feel like you have that now or where do you find that source for support? That's a hard one, Christy. I find it everywhere because I guess I'm always looking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 
And, and so I wouldn't narrow down to one particular person. I have great friends mm-hmm. who may question some of the things <laughs> that I do. <laughs> well. um, but at the same time are supportive but honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a husband that I've been married to for a long time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 28 years. Nice. 28 years and, um, you know, is very supportive in that way. But professionally, I think I just, I pick up from other people what they're giving out. Yeah. So if somebody's giving out something that makes a lot of sense with my taxes, I listen and I ask questions. Um, (laughs) Or if I even know that somebody maybe has something Mm -hmm. um, that I need. So I guess I'm always looking and listening and taking what's out there. When you start stepping out, you can feel very alone. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And it, yeah. So you're saying all this, so you have two stores 40 minutes apart. You have mm-hmm. four children. You've been married 28 years. You're, I know you volunteer and you do other rock star things. How do you balance all of it? Or what are your challenges in that? I guess my challenges are being realistic about what has to get done mm. and doing it. And then, so, <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds very simple, no. but like this month right now, you know, it's the end of the year technically for 2018 and so Mm -hmm. getting two businesses all the paperwork and all this the tax the tax stuff and all of those things Mm -hmm. I know that I have to do it but if I know if I do it and I stay on top of it I can say hey I'm gonna go on a trip I'm gonna take time for myself or take time for my husband or take time for my family or friends nice um so it's a trade-off what do you think are the qualities are the characteristics of someone to be a successful entrepreneur, like a retail entrepreneur? I think those. Hmm. There's definitely fear involved in owning a business and being say, an entrepreneur. Being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, is, yeah, absolutely. I don't think you need to be an extrovert. I think you need to be able to know and be willing to understand your surroundings and the people in it and be able to function in the environment that you create. Yeah. yeah, I think it, there's also to me, it seems like a determination to show mm-hmm. up every day. So like when we opened um, in 2018, and I made the decision to open the second store, I, I asked my family, you know, I asked my daughters who are in college and graduate school, you know, you were old enough to know 12 years ago, what it was like with the first store. And um, I asked their opinions. And mm-hmm. I asked, you know, my husband, will you go sign another loan with me? <laughs> and luckily, he said yes. Um, <laughs> And then uh, my two daughters that still live at home who are freshmen and senior in high school. I asked them because, you know, it impacts their lives very much. Yeah. So it is really interesting. So I love that you got buy-in from your family. And did they say yes? They all said yes. (laughs) And and they all pitched in and they they know. Yeah. They know. I think it's interesting to have your family all in, Mm -hmm. you know. And it's very much, I think, not, I don't want to say this because it's, sexist in a way but I think especially for a mom who's stayed at home and the kids have relied on that buy-in is so mm-hmm. critical, right and that this is what we're doing now or you've always in, and I think it is an interesting well and it shows respect for them too yes you yeah. know it shows that I respect you and your needs not just being selfish I'm going to go do what I want to do yeah yeah so let's ask a fun question oh no okay so okay. We're, we're all very serious and then we'll come back to some more deeper things so I'm curious what you're going to say for this. So if you could meet or have dinner with anyone, mm. dead or alive, who would it be? You have and it s- could be somebody I know, right? Well, sure. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it could be anyone. Okay, so <laughs> this gonna... is my big actual, it's not a fun answer for me. It's like, a, uh, it's going to take my whole self to answer it. If I 
had a choice to have dinner with anyone, it would be with my sister, Mary Alice, and it would be every opportunity I could get um, mm-hmm. because she lives with stage four cancer. Yeah. And I value every moment I spent with her. So. Wow. I know. But when we go to dinner, it's really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you, we always have... We always put each other up to challenges. and I'll, But real quick, I'll tell you about my sister because she's an inspiration. She is not a person who, when she passes you on the street, says, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And keeps going. She, every person that she interacts with, she asks them how they are and she mm. listens and responds. Nice. And so that's one of the reasons she I She always love, been that way? Always. Always. Yeah. Nice. It's just been yeah. who she is. She invests in people. Wow. And so I value her presence more than anyone else in the world. So I would always choose to have dinner with her. If you could have any superpower. Oh, I know what that is. What would it be? I would like to clone myself. But I thought of why. <laughs> why? A couple of reasons. <laughs> Can I have one of you at my house? Yes. I'm just like, no, because one reason is I love to take naps. And oh, yeah. I would like to always be taking a nap. <laughs> so one of my clones would be taking a nap. And then the other ones would be <laughs> would be wandering around experiencing everything because one of my biggest fears is that I might miss something. Nice. And so, like, I feel like if I could be everywhere, then I could <laughs> I could experience it all. She's a little bit of high energy. I just <laughs> but once again, I love to take naps. So that one clone would be yeah. taking naps. So how many clones would we have now? couple <laughs> a few a few one's always on vacation one's, one's on always. vacation one yeah. and then they could just trade around is that that makes sense i yeah. love that i love that favorite local haunt or hangout you would find me at john bryan park in yellow springs nice. which is just outside of dayton yes um it's a wonderful wonderful state park yeah it's yeah. in, and very diverse and extremely diverse for our area. Really. Yeah. yeah. And it's um, also it's one of those places you can be with as many people as you want or you can be completely by yourself. Yeah. So depending on what you need at that moment, you can experience either one. Last two questions. Okay. okay. Thinking forward, what are like aspirations um, or goals that you're still working towards? I think that I've really reached a point where I know where my priorities are. And my priorities are finding my strength and finding other people's strengths and um, just being encouraging. I know that doesn't sound like um, career goals, (laughs) but I feel like if you can live your daily life that way, like I mentioned with the toddlers, being kind and taking turns and being genuine and running a business or volunteering or going to a sporting event, just being your authentic best self. The more people you can interact with as your best self, the more people around you will also do that. That's my great hope. I know that's not a career goal, but I find that's what I try really hard to do so if you in my professional environment and i feel like my field of retail toy sales lets me do that right yeah yeah you can't Mm -hmm. walk in there without getting a smile on your face i know that Mm. so we always say when you put on a mood ring at topsy turvy toys (laughs) it had better be blue which means happy (laughs) because before you leave it will be And a big thanks to Kathy Hall. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We loved having her here. She is so fun and full of life, and she's doing some awesome things. Um, so if you want to find her and get involved with Topsy Turvy Toys, she has two brick-and-mortar locations. One is in New Bremen, Ohio, and the other is in Tip City, Ohio. So you can go check out her stuff. 
Or if you want to find her on social media, it is at Topsy Turvy Toys on Instagram and Facebook. Also, she has a website, topsyturvytoys.com, um, where she is always talking about new workshops she's doing, really interesting, fun events um, for kids and parents alike. So be sure to check her out. Um, Kathy Hall is just a great person that everyone needs in her life. And we could all use some more toys. And her energy too. So this is Christy Shell. I want to thank you one more time for listening to Hope in the Heartland, where we want to challenge you to transform your life right where you are. Have a good day.